welcome back to episode 6 of Is La La Land, a podcast by and for international students. I'm Kiana Palacios, and today we are actually going to be doing our second episode of the Ambassador Spotlight, where we feature our very own ISLA ambassadors for them to share their stories and basically just catch up with them pretty much. And today I am joined with Purva, who is one of our ambassadors. Purva, do you want to say hello? Sure. Hi, guys. I'm Purva. I am from India, and I'm currently doing my Master of Commerce in Business Analytics and Financial Technology from UNSW. Before we begin, I was just wondering if you would want to do the Acknowledgement of Country. So for those of you guys who are still not familiar, <laughs> Acknowledgement of Country is something we do here in Australia to pay our respects to custodians and the traditional owners of the land. So Purva? I would like to show my respects and acknowledge the medical people who are the traditional custodians of the land on which I am currently located on and to the eldest past and present of the land. So I guess just to start everything off, you were already featured here a few episodes ago with Mohit. So welcome yeah. back. Thank you. <laughs> welcome back to Islala Land. How have you been so far? Like, how's your feelings towards lockdown? How your feeling changed in the span of a couple of weeks? Or do you still feel the same way? Lockdown is going pretty decent. I started uni again. So like, I've been in uni for the past two weeks. So just getting used to back to uni life but in general like it's been fine I've just been chilling haven't been outside my house for two weeks but that's totally fine I'm used to it at this point but it's okay hopefully lockdown ends soon so like waiting for that day when I can get out meet people yeah enjoy yeah. Because this is the ambassador spotlight and we feature the stories of our Islam ambassadors. Could you give us a little bit of a background on who is Purva? As someone who personally knows you, you have pretty interesting stories. So would you like to share that with our listeners sure. today? Not that interesting. Don't get your hopes sized, guys. So I am a third filter kid. I have moved around a lot throughout my life. I've lived in eight countries and been to around 30 countries. So just traveling around, studying in different places, meeting new people has just been my like life motto at this point. But I'm originally from India. I'm from New Delhi, India. I've never technically lived there more than a year. So people from India don't really recognize me as an Indian for some reason, but like I am a Desi for the Indians out there. So could you give us like a timeline, right? So let's sure. say we're going to make a timeline. <laughs> where where does it begin? So I was born in 1998 in South Korea, in Seoul. And then I lived there for around a year. Then I went to Ghana. I was there for around three years. And then I moved to India afterwards. And then I was in India for the year that I've been in India for. Afterwards, I went to China, Beijing for around three years. Then I moved to Finland, Helsinki for three years. Then I went to Japan, Osaka for around four to five years. And then I moved to the US for five years to do my bachelor's degree and then I moved to Sydney last year 2020. Like that's constantly moving. Yeah. It's <laughs> <Just laughs> always moving. It's really cool though. Like I feel like those countries, like I've only been to like two out of all the countries. Uh, three, <laughs> including the US, out of all the countries okay. that you've been to. So Japan, Korea and the US. So it's mm-hmm. really interesting. Like you've really, you've literally been all around the world. I like, have. I remember you were saying that you you just haven't lived in Antarctica and South South America. Yeah, South America. Do you see yourself like 
settling like a couple of years in like Antarctica or in South America. I honestly wish I would settle in Antarctica. I'm not even joking. Like the best life would be in Antarctica. Yeah, um, with the polar bears and the penguins. I know. <laughs> I love winter. So like it's a perfect place, I'm telling you. And you um, next thing we know we'll see Porva living in an igloo. <laughs> it's gonna happen, guys, I promise you. I'll send you pictures, Kiana, don't worry. Well actually I also wanted to ask because you have been moving around a lot ever since you were a little kid, like pretty mm-hmm. much since you were a baby, actually. Yes. I I'd even say. Did you ever have that one that like that feeling where you didn't want to move? Definitely. I feel like every single country till now, like whenever I'm moving, like I always have the feeling I don't want to move because like each country you make such good memories and you like grow up more every place you go. You meet amazing people everywhere you go. You be the tourist, you like explore the country. And you see so many new things that you haven't witnessed before. And there's so much to witness in each country, so much to experience in each country that whenever I'm moving, I'm just like, oh, damn, I haven't seen that place or I haven't seen that place or like I haven't met that person for so long. I should have met them before I'm moving. Just like there's always that one thing, like I want to stay back, like each country, like even I go visit a place for like I know I'm going to be here for one week. I'm still like, oh, I wish I was here longer. Not the easiest thing to like move around. It seems like a more glamorous life and like so enjoyable to be like in all these countries, but like it has its pros and cons and you just get used to it. Like at one point when I was in Japan and the US as well, I knew I was going to end up moving eventually. So I always had that feeling back of my mind. Like at the end of the day, three years or four years time, I am going to move. I prepared myself, but at the same time, like when I'm moving, I'm just like, oh, I don't want to move. I don't want to move type of thing. And the time is ending. Was it like difficult to tell, let's say like the friends that you've made in those mm-hmm. countries, like when you meet them, do they, do you like let them know early on that like, oh, at one point I'm going to leave yeah. and I'm going to move yeah. or is it like you wait till like the end? I know in Japan and the US, even over here, I keep on telling my friends, like, I am eventually going to move. It is going to happen. So just get prepared for that from day one. And like that has affected like my friendships and the way I have built my friendships. Some people are like, oh, shit, she's going to move. So why would I become friends with her type of thing? The others are like, oh, we are going to move as well. So it's fine. Everyone moves on in life type of thing. I know one of my friends over here who I recently told, like, I might move after a few years because of visa issues or whatever, like problem that might come across. I told her recently and she got so mad at me. She's like, no, you're not moving. You're going to stay here like the whole life. I was like, I hope I stay here. But like, I never know where I'm going to move. So just get you prepared for that. Now that like this is just a question that came in my head. I'm like suddenly really curious about is the schooling in Japan like how they're is it like how they're portrayed in like the media? Is it the same or how are they portrayed in the media? Like according to you, I don't, I don't know. Like I just imagine like studying in Japan to be very kawaii and like cute and like the uniform, (laughs) (laughs) like that type of vibe. You have a uniform, so I went to international school in Japan. I didn't go to a local Japanese school. So the international school I was going to was more on the, they followed like the Canadian system. So it was not that like, we didn't have a uniform. I'm glad we didn't have a uniform because I would have gotten so mad. But like just right, to, right next to my school was a local school, which had a uniform. And I used to see them every single day with their uniforms. 
they were so on time everyone was like so perfect so organized and then there was my school who was like oh we're going to reach we're going to wear whatever we want to wear and we were like more international they were like all japanese students can you speak like the languages of the countries or no because you were in an no. international school all throughout yeah. so it was just english so yeah i tried to learn mandarin when i was in china the only language i kept constant in all my school was spanish So I've been learning Spanish for around six to seven years now, and I understand it fully. Like if someone speaks Spanish to me, I'll understand what you're saying. But like I would not be able to speak it properly because I've not been practicing it. So like it's really hard. Like I feel like a lot of people like think that because you move, you'll know all these languages. But it's like I'm not good at languages. I don't even know how to read Hindi or write Hindi, which is my own native language. And mom gets mad at me every single time. I'm like I can't read it. I never learned it. I've never lived there. So how am I supposed to learn it? But I can speak it, and like each country, like Japan as well, like you would expect, like you should know Japanese when you're in the country because, like, then you can't move around. I was fortunate enough, like I could, like I lived there for five years without actually knowing the language, and like I used to communicate with people in sign language. However, like I feel like I missed out on the opportunity to like learn languages. I get what you mean. Like even like as for someone who's learned languages for such a long time, growing up we always had Mandarin. I've learned it for like sixteen years, so more than half of my life. Yeah. Um, and I'm still not fluent. At most, yeah. I can just introduce myself. That's it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that's the only thing we constantly do every year self-introduction like five sentences that's I know it. yeah those <laughs> basics of life yeah but like if you had the chance you would definitely like try to learn I would try to learn it I would not say I would be able to learn it but like I'll try at least I tried to learn Japanese like a bit but like I failed after three months of trying to learn it and then I'd never try it again because I yeah. saw like their alphabet is quite difficult it's- it's hard. there's like a lot it's like <laughs> yeah, Chinese it's and then they also yeah. have like their own they mix like, up a lot of stuff and I'm just like I don't get it like it's so hard I tried writing it <laughs> and I'm a very yeah. like OC person when it comes to yeah. my notes I wrote like the first line and I was like my feminship is terrible like I don't <laughs> like this <laughs> like let's just stop <laughs> like that's that's how it ended <laughs> oh god but that's that's pretty interesting i've always like wanted to study in like korea or japan mm-hmm. yeah i can't speak japanese though as well so Learn it. start learning it i think korean i still have like a slight chance at least that yeah. one one day See you got korea, it guys i believe in you kiana you can do it <laughs> now i'd like to kind of talk about your family and i guess the transition from all of that to Sydney, since that's where mm-hmm. you are at the moment. Yeah. So you have an older brother, right? Yes. You said. Yeah. When you were growing up, did you guys always like get along, especially because you two were always together moving around? Or were you guys typical like fighting, you know? <laughs> so, good question, I think. Um, I've never like thought about it, I feel like. But like growing up, because me and my brother were always together, we didn't really have cousins or other family members around and used to move around. We used to make new friends. We were the constant. Like we always had each other. But we used to fight like crazy. I remember like having really bad fights. For some reason, I remember like him pulling my hair and me slapping him, which I like no one in my family remembers that, but I do. Eventually, when he moved for his uni life, I feel like that time I always felt like, oh, like a part of me just left. So when he moved, like I after that, like 
year like i never fought with him my dad always got surprised like why are you guys fighting like fight like normal kids i'm like i miss him and he misses me so why would we fight and we used to have like conversations which ended up like you know arguments but like it was not like we get mad at each other and like it just ended like oh okay whatever your brother is not in sydney at the moment with you no so he is currently in the u.s he's working there but yeah he hasn't lived with us for like since 2010 yeah that's a long time (laughs) yeah were you guys in the same city when you were in the u.s or no no we were in the different city but like during breaks i used to go to his place um usually I went to India where my family was most of the time. That makes me wonder, will that happen to me and my siblings when I move? <laughs> yeah, we'll you never see. know. <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> we shall find out soon. We're going to move now to like Sydney. And I remember you told me before that studying in Australia was a huge part of it was your decision. So could you run us through, I guess let's start with your uni life in general. So back at the US, could you run us through why you like where you studied first and what made you pick your specific degree I finished my high school in Japan in 2015 and then I moved to the U.S. I was not at all sure what I wanted to study I never knew what I was wanting to study honestly like I still don't know why I'm studying what I'm studying when I was moving to U.S. I knew like either it's going to be economics or computer science one of those. Um, I have pure Indian parents who wanted me to do engineering. I never wanted to do engineering. Um, my brother is an engineer and it's not something like I enjoyed ever, even though I'm doing coding right now, like which I hate. When I was moving for my bachelor's degree, I was like more on the side of economics that I want to do. But I was like, okay, I'll experiment with computer science a bit. I went to a small liberal arts college in Galesburg in Illinois, like near Chicago. It's around three three hours drive from Chicago. So I was there for um, around four years to complete my bachelor's degree. And then I worked there for one year. So when I moved there, I, this is the first time I was traveling alone without my family. I always had my parents around with me, but like first time, like sitting on a flight alone um, and everything. I went there. It was orientation week. Everything was like all fancy. The first time I also moved to the US. Like I never moved to the. I've never been to US before. Like I moved in 2015. So over there, I um, took multiple computer science courses. My first term, I hated it. I was like, never doing this. Never ever going to do coding in my life. It's not going to happen. So I moved to economics, which I surprisingly loved. Like I did four years in economics. Never changed my major. I also did a business management degree with my economics and I did statistics as a minor over there. I was involved in a lot of clubs and societies. I was in around six to seven clubs in my first year and even more like outside of my uni clubs that I don't count in those. And then I like slowly like stopped doing that much club work. I was eventually in my senior year, I was in like around four clubs, which I absolutely love. Like I think leadership and club life was my favorite in my uni. And then after I graduated in 2019, I worked there for around a year as a peer culture mentor, um, which basically I, it was more of a career mentor side of it, um, where I was giving advice to bachelor students about careers and like helping them with their resumes and cover letters and everything. So I did that for around a year before I moved to Australia. I had a small friend group of um, 10 people who my dad calls like my gang, 
um, because I got super close to them. Um, but yeah, that's the U.S. life that I lived. Okay, sorry. It's, yeah. Oh, good. <laughs> so many Filipino toys. You know what that bell means? No. What does it mean? It's an ice cream bell. Ooh. Either it's okay. ice cream or like a street bend or usually they ring a bell or they shout. So like early in the morning, we'll have someone shouting like different fruits. Yeah, in India, in India as well, they do that. Like they just shout like, come get vegetables. Like there's apples, there's bananas. So I was being like, yeah. they'll shout that in the morning. Their vocal cords like, I don't understand no. how they shout that loud and it's so like full too it's not like yeah. like squeaky it's exactly like a, it's like a microphone without a mic so wait I lost the question when the bell came how did that transition from the US to Australia like to Sydney what exactly made you want to go to Sydney and pick your specific institution as well as your specific degree so for the people who don't know um, my parents also moved to Sydney so um, that's also one of the reasons I moved there but like definitely not the only reason the main reason like I have been in love with Australia Sydney since like when I was really young for some reason I love the opera house all like the Sydney life I wanted to experience that and I moved every single country so I was like Australia is the one left like I need to move to Australia and even for ambassadors when I was moving I was considering Australia my parents were not a big fan just because like then I would be in Australia my brother would be in the US they were in Japan so we all would be separated when I did my research on a master's degree I was looking at business analytics courses I was looking at Canada or Australia at that time I didn't consider the U.S. that much because of like job opportunities there visas issues which I didn't really want to deal with that much because like the market in the U.S. was really bad at that time Canada was definitely one of my top choices I got into University of Toronto there um, I was going to do my master's my plan was also to do my PhD over there but my the course choice that I want to do I want to do like business analytics and I want to do concentrate on few of the softwares that only were taught in UNSW and they were taught in USIT as well but UNSW I was looking through the manual of UNSW looking through the websites talked to a few students I had a few friends as well who came to UNSW before me so I was talking to them and it just felt like the perfect fit for some reason I liked the uni atmosphere the people I the talk to like the advisors who were here and they all felt really friendly and like I felt welcomed here and another reason was like I am a f- on a full fusion scholarship. That was I think one of my main reasons. I was like, okay, I don't need to pay money, so let's go to do my master's degree. Wait, I wanna like talk a little bit more about your scholarship because yeah. I think a lot of people might be quite interested in that, like listening um as well mm-hmm. if they're considering to do their master's. So what is it called again? So it's called the Scientia Student International Student Scholarship, which is how does it, based- how does it get like awarded to you like do you apply yeah. for it or is it like given so okay so my application process is really funny so I was during my bachelor's degree I got accepted to UNSW and then after that you have to apply for your scholarships so I was just sitting in like one of the lunch halls over there and I was with a few of my friends I was looking through the application personally I hated the application it was mostly based for like students who were studying in Australia or like have been studying in Australia, like the questions were based in that format. So I was just confused, like as an international student, how am I supposed to answer these questions, which 
asked me about like Australian schooling and stuff. But I was sitting there, I was bored. I didn't have anything else to do at that time because I was about to get graduated. I didn't really have anything else going on in life. So I was like, okay, let's just do this application for fun. I was filling in the application, <laughs> filled in all the details. Uh, I mean, part of the application was leadership and um, basically research projects or leadership opportunities and just your life story. My life story, as you say, it's really interesting because of me traveling. So I had that plus point. And then because of the amount of like leadership I did throughout my bachelor's, people used to call me crazy and during my bachelor's because of how much I was involved in uni life. But that actually helped me get the scholarship. I wrote about every single leadership opportunity I had throughout my bachelor's life wrote in detail. Plus, I also wrote about my research project that I did about um, women empowerment in India, women in quality issues. So I was not expecting to get like a call back, like, hey, you got the scholarships, I was saying. I moved to India after like submitting my application. It was around like, it's four o'clock in India time in the morning that I got the email that, hey, you got the application type of thing. I was like, I was like half asleep and I read it. So I just read it and I was like, okay, whatever. Like it's a scholarship. I got a bit of scholarship. Closed my phone off, just went back to sleep. In the morning I woke up, I was like, did I, I got some email last night. I should double check like what it said. And I opened it and I was like, oh, I got a full tuition scholarship. I was still not that excited. I was just like, whatever type of thing. It's a full tuition scholarship, might be normal might not be normal so I told my dad um who was there like he was eating breakfast and I told him and then he asked me are you sure like are you sure you got it like out of all the students like are you sure did you double check the email and then he read through the email he was not sure he didn't like he didn't congratulate me I told my mom she didn't congratulate me they all like shocked we all were like what's happening then my dad just called like um we were talking to a few advisors who helped us like apply to UNSW we send them the email being like hey she got the scholarship can you confirm that if this is real or not and then they confirmed and they like the people who worked at the um agency they all like surprised they were like oh yeah she got a scholarship this is the first time we have seen a student with a full tuition scholarship and I was like oh okay like oh that's cool and then I was the only student that term from India. Um, I think it was in general in, from international that I got this full tuition scholarship. No one was expecting me to get it. I was not expecting myself to get it. And then I started getting calls from a few people who like part of like India-Australia relationship. And they're like congratulating me. And I was like, how the hell? <laughs> like it took me a while to figure out how the hell do you know? So yeah, that was my like getting to know scholarship story that's actually really interesting like you're giving me ideas now as another international student I feel like the whole idea of scholarships is such a really big thing when people are like considering going to university abroad I think it's also really interesting like the whole thing about how they've never seen a student get a full tuition scholarship because even in bachelor's I remember when I applied to different universities in Australia, my counselor told me, like, dead on. She was, like, just saying, it's, like, nearly impossible for anyone to get, like, a full scholarship. Mm-hmm. Like, Australian yeah. schools don't really give out, like, full I scholarships. Yeah. I think it, that's, that's, like, a really amazing, like, opportunity. Very I know. inspiring. I was really lucky. 
was super lucky yeah. together. If you guys are listening not, to yeah. this, this is your sign. Like, start being active in uni. Like, you never know. Honestly. I think, like, being active definitely was, like, the pros of my application. Like, get involved in uni life. Like, I always recommend to anyone I meet them, like, why aren't you involved in uni life? Just get involved. Get, join at least one club, if not, like, millions like me. But, like, one club. At least there's one club. Like, at UNSW, there are, like, 300 clubs. So, I'm like... At least there's one club that you might enjoy. It's not possible you don't like anything. And so, it's also very yeah. casual too, like clubs and societies. Like you don't exactly. have to commit every exactly. single hour. Exactly. Like yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's fun, I think. So yeah, if you guys are looking for other ways to be active, you guys can always try out for ISLA. Yes. ambassadors program applications will be opening up next year in june a couple more months left so guys oh, make sure yeah. to stay tuned for that let's have a yeah. testimonial Purva. <laughs> how has it been so far it's been amazing as kiana knows like isla i feel like is a life-changing opportunity as well you learn so much throughout the course we have an amazing advisor susanna who helps us out throughout the journey um super helpful it's like i feel like you meet so many people like people who haven't traveled around a lot or like you might not um, meet people from different places i feel like isla is the right place to go to because you make friends from different places you meet so many amazing people like see how people are so different and similar as well like different cultures might be really similar in ways i think it's amazing the program you get a lot of opportunities through it while we're still on the topic of being involved in extracurriculars i remember when we had one of our isla like training meetings one of your fun facts were that at one point in time your parents had to schedule when to eat and when to go to sleep in your schedule because you had so many things going on um i'm assuming that this is in your um your american university life but in general now that you're part of still like a number of clubs and societies at the moment part of this uh, in addition to studying your masters how do you i'd say like balance everything especially now considering that it's online i feel like online actually has more things to do like Mm -hmm. put more things to do when it's online so what would you say are i don't know maybe like your top three tips on how to keep everything in check that worked for you Mm -hmm. that other people could apply as well maybe first going back in terms of scheduling my parents still are really mad and annoyed at me every single day like they don't get time to speak to me I haven't seen my mom like she's right next to me in the next room and I haven't seen my mom since like in the morning it's 4 4 p.m I saw her last at like 10 a.m so it's still a big problem in my house I'm super busy for some reason for me top three tips first one make a proper schedule about your life if you're involved in stuff google calendars is my go-to place my phone like has every single small thing in it like even if I have like a 30 minutes talk with someone or call with one of my friends from like back home if I have to talk to them I'll schedule that in my calendar for me like making a proper plan is really important um it keeps me organized it keeps me motivated to know like I'm going to end the week doing this. I've achieved all this throughout the week kind of thing. Second tip in terms of being organized is I also like making daily checklists. I have to-do lists like every single day. I have like multiple of these on my desk in different colors to organize my life. I make like them either each week or each day. Just crossing stuff out is fun for me. So I think those two are like the main ways I keep myself organized. 
so yeah that's what motivates me to finish stuff yeah I think I agree with you there like I really like thinking things off like if that's why even yeah. like the very smallest things like if I have a big task even just like reading the instructions like I'll write it down <laughs> just so I can pick that up and be like mm, one thing done you know there was some time ago I didn't have that much to do like I had big assignments and I had some small stuff and I already did the small stuff but I made a to-do list after doing the small stuff but I still included the small stuff that I did earlier just so I could take it take them off and that just felt so good I was like oh I did this I like I feel like we're like the same when it comes to what motivates you to study like I have this like not really a spreadsheet but on like my note-taking app I have this like board and then Mm -hmm. I kind of write down every single task that I do that day and then I could say what days I work on it so like yeah, the longer yeah, yeah. the list, the more accomplished I feel because it looks yeah, like I did exactly. so much that day. True, true, true. Same thing. But I mean, for those of you guys listening, if that doesn't work for you, you don't have to force it. Yeah, um, no. I think it's a- it took me a while. I think like it took me a while to figure out what works for me. It I didn't. I don't think until like three, four years ago, I tra- like wrote notes at all. Like wrote like calendar stuff or like wrote to do list. I never did that um but it worked for me eventually and I enjoy it now but like it might not work for you absolutely it's a it's a trial and error process and you really have to know yourself I feel like know what motivates you what doesn't motivate you like have you heard of um that one method the anime pomodoro method no so do you know what the pomodoro method is so no. for all of those like anime lovers or K-pop lovers who are listening, like this could be a strategy for you. Um, so the Pomodoro method is basically a time productivity kind of method where you have you do like twenty five minutes of work and then you mm-hmm. take like a five minute rest and then you go back to twenty five minutes, five minutes, wow. and at the okay. end of doing that for four times, you get like a fifteen minute break. Mm. So you basically just keep keep repeating that cycle. <laughs> I've tried doing like breaking down my schedule and doing um like taking breaks in the middle, but like for some reason it doesn't work for me. I would rather like study for two hours and take like yeah. one hour break. I feel like small yeah. for me, it's like when I reach like the five minute break, I don't stop. Like I still yeah. do the work. But it's like yeah. it's it's fun like to see yeah. the clock and like see yeah. how far you've gone. Um but then the anime Pomodoro is basically you do that, but instead of a mm-hmm. break, you reward yourself with one episode of an anime episode. Oh, okay. So it's kind of like an incentive for you to uh, keep working. Good. Because at mm-hmm. the end, like you get to watch one episode. And if you want to watch mm-hmm. another episode, you have to like work again. That's actually a good idea. I that's smart. How long is the anime episode? I've never watched anime like, for people who don't know. I think know. it's around like 20 minutes. So it's pretty That's a decent easy. amount. Yeah. Yeah. Decent amount. Most shows that I watch are like around 45 minutes. So like the like, Western I would, not want, <laughs> yeah, I would not want to add that in my schedule. Like take 45 minutes after like every single 20 minutes of me working. That'd be or nice. You could, or you could move it. Like make it longer. Because the thing with the Pomodoro methods, you can adjust it. So for mine um i do like 35 minutes or like 45 minutes depending on what task i need to do so mm, you can okay. adjust it as well like make it like an hour of work and then you reward yourself with one episode and then you go back. i'll try it out i feel like it will not work i feel like i'll just get distracted the whole day after that 
I that tend to like not yeah. watch stuff until like nighttime and I'm about to sleep. I'm like, okay, I'm done with the day. Now I can watch stuff. If I watch something throughout the day, I'll just not get motivated. I think it also it also a matter of like self discipline. Like even when setting up a schedule, like on Google Calendar, yeah. like I've I've done that. Um, I would say like okay, so from this time to this time, I will work on this subject. From this time to this time, mm-hmm. work on this subject. These are the tasks. But then when I reach that time, I'm just like, uh, kind of lazy. I just delete it. <laughs> it just never yeah. happened. Like it just never yeah. existed. So it takes a lot of self discipline. I think just over time, it's just something that happens. Mm-hmm. yeah exactly you learn eventually how to do yoga eventually hopefully yeah, hopefully you do it's like the whole process of like self-discovery it's like it'll get there soon yeah. but yeah okay so um now that you were actually you were actually talking about netflix earlier when we were discussing the pomodoro method so yeah. what has been like taking up your self-care time okay during lockdown because yeah. if i say like taking up your time like obvious answer you need like work so yeah, yeah be very true. specific like your self-care time your downtime mm-hmm. um for me i think i'm doing three main things to like self-care or just chill with life first thing definitely watching netflix or like any show possible like out there i am addicted to Grey's anatomy for the past five years i've watched it Rewatched it, re rewatched it so many times. Um, it's crazy how many times I've watched every single episode of it. Um, I feel like I know every single dialogue at this point, but like it's something I, I don't know, for some reason I enjoy Grey's Anatomy. Um, and also I am addicted to like Chicago PD. I don't know if you have ever heard of it, but like it's about a police department in Chicago and it's just cases that they're solving. Same with like a fire department show about Chicago. And it's like a fun show to watch for some reason. Um, I might sound super like lame, like why do you watch like fire department, police department shows? But like, I don't know. I, for some reason, I enjoy watching them. I think, is, your, is, that, is the Chicago PD like similar to like Brooklyn Nine-Nine? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. It's pretty similar. Yeah, yeah. I get why you and, watch it. It's pretty entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and the fire department show that I was talking about as well, it's nearly same as Brooklyn Nine-Nine. But then it's in a fire department and not yes. a police yeah. station. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But the shows are like interrelated. So if you're watching like Chicago PD and fire department show, you will see the connections. Like they're nearly the same people in both. Wait, and is it? It's, see... it's called fire department show. Like that's actually no. It's it's Chicago um fire, Chicago FD something like that. So Chicago PD and Chicago FD. Yeah, yeah. This is poor, and Grey's Anatomy. That's four of us top yeah. three Netflix recommendations. Yes, yes. <laughs> I need is to there... double check if it's Chicago FD or something else, but it's Chicago Fire Department show. Let me go search Chicago Fire yeah, Department show. Sorry, sorry if I don't remember, but like it's I just play shows. I if you ask me any movie I've watched in the past like one year, I would not remember the name. I'll remember everything in the movie, but I would not remember the name of the movie. I'm horrible at remembering names of stuff. But okay. <laughs> Side understandable. Brand. Understandable. Um, are there any shows that you're, I guess, like wanting to start watching? I watch shows like people recommend to me. So if you have any recommendations, let me know. But <laughs> I don't really like. I'm. I watched like more of a Hindi Bollywood shows, mm-hmm. Hindi shows, just because like I tend to watch TV when I'm watching it with my family and my parents before like 
Bollywood stuff. Nothing like particularly that I'm like looking forward to. Um, but yeah, if you have any recommendations, let me know, guys. Put it in the comments. <laughs> yes, put it in. Actually, I have a show that I heard is pretty similar to Grey's Anatomy. So I don't know if you'd want to watch it, but like, I don't what know if you it have called? it there either. It's called New Amsterdam. I've watched that. Yeah, I've watched it. It's, yeah. it's a good show. I, yeah, yeah, I remember. I, I remember. I cried. I was like, <laughs> when when people, yeah, I, really good. there are episodes where I would cry. Like, oh. Yeah, New Amsterdam was good. Yeah, I feel like after Grey's Anatomy, if you have to watch like a doctor show, it's New Amsterdam. Or The Good Doctor. The Good Doctor is also good. I started watching The Good Doctor. I never finished it. Um, but yeah, Good Doctor is also really good. <laughs> you see what I did there, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like medical shows are like fun to watch, but they're not fun to do in practice. Like I've spoken know, to Sidhu yeah. and he told me that like what you see in medical shows is only like a very small portion of what actually happens in like yeah, the hospital. Yeah. I I like I'm not scared of blood or anything, but like if I have to see that much blood in real life, I would freak out. I'll run away. I'll be like, not, not happening. Sorry. Um, you see, like the heart beating and like the yeah, open like, organs, and you're like, oh badly. no. <laughs> yeah, like I have never wanted to become a doctor. So, like when I tell my brother or like anyone, like I'm watching Grey's Anatomy, they're like, why? Like you never had a desire to become a doctor. Why the hell are you watching that? But it's just a show you get addicted to for some reason. Um. So yeah, I don't get how like medical students or like doctors, nurses deal with that stuff surgeons are like i would not be able to i can't even see my own blood like i remember i fell (laughs) and like i scraped my knee really really badly and it was like full-on bleeding i couldn't even look at it i was just like you can do it like (laughs) i'm not that bad like i'm fine with like blood and everything but still not not the way i want i don't like gripping blood what do you mean by dripping blood? Like, Are you talking like, about vampire blood for some reason? <laughs> dripping blood? No, like, for example, if my knee gets scraped, right? And it's, like, uh, open okay. and it starts to drip, then, like, no. Okay. <laughs> liquid. Oh, I, I was about to say liquid blood, but then I realized, like, blood is liquid. <laughs> Solid blood. Okay. Let's do it. Hey, yeah. Oh, that just means, like, that's like dry bad, blood. right? Like, yeah, that's like that's dry, wrong. Like, yeah. yeah, no. Okay, see who's probably listening to this, and other medical students are probably listening <laughs> to this, and they're like, "What is going on, like, guys?" Me, not a big fan of blood, but we appreciate what you guys are doing, trying to save lives, trying to deal with us patients. If we ever come to you, please. Uh, sorry about that. If we freak out, <laughs> if this I, I already one time, just like a funny story while we're still on the topic of like doctors and nurses and stuff. <laughs> so there was like a dengue outbreak here in the Philippines, and then I got dengue, and then we had to get blood tests like every day to check our platelets okay. if they were going down uh-huh. or going up. So yeah. I, <laughs> the first day that we went, we had no idea we had dengue. So this uh-huh. was the blood test to kind of check if we did have it and I remember right. as soon as the doctor said so we're gonna need you to do a blood test right now I like lost it I like panic looked at my mom and then she was like stop like <laughs> stop <laughs> like my brother was with me and he's like not as scared as needles oh. I remember when we sat down I like lost it man like the needle hadn't even touched me yet and like I jawed dead and then as soon as I fell in I like I fainted 
like, I, remember, I, I was still conscious, but I was like really, really dizzy. So I didn't even feel the needle go in anymore. Oh, the second God. Time. My other arm, because I lost the vein, because I moved. And they made me smell some like ammonium or, or something, because I was like really lightheaded. Made me drink water. Like, man. Yeah. Never, no, I, I hate yeah. needles. <laughs> oh god i love doing like blood donations like that's something i've been like it's something i enjoy doing i i don't mind like needles so like i'm fine with blood donation stuff so and it's something i and i feel like i for the past few years i've been trying to do more often what's your blood that maybe someone here needs a blood donation like so they can oh, hit you. positive oh that's like really rare too right yeah oh. Also, yeah. guys, if you need all positive blood, if ever you need, um, Call me. let Torva know. <laughs> I'll save your life, I promise. If I can, yes. that is. But, yeah. Good to know, good to know. So, yeah, probably now people listening to this are like, what the hell has happened? What is going on? Um, so, we just wanted to make you guys laugh, okay? Hopefully, you guys laughed at Hopefully. My yeah. Who judged us? I hope uh, you don't judge us, actually. I wish. I can see so many of Islam people watching this and, like, judging. Why do we know these people? So, like, the Islam ambassadors, um, I don't know how I'm ever going to be able to face you in the next <laughs> few weeks. Um, yes, it was nice knowing you all. <laughs> to end this episode, before we say more things we might regret, um... I would just like to ask you, um, this is usually we would ask um what you would tell your younger self, but since you've already answered that the last time you were here, do something different. I'm gonna okay. ask you what has been the biggest learning that you've had. Um, it could be something that from the countries that you used to live in, it could be something that you realized recently in Sydney. Um, mm-hmm. but in general, if like this is like the one learning in your life that you would either give down to future generations <laughs> or if you had like an autobiography this would be like the main takeaway oh God. from that I should have an autobiography I what would you name your autobiography if you had one before Ooh, we oh that's hard I don't know I have no clue I don't know <laughs> if you have any ideas let me know as well <laughs> Yeah, Porva, Porva will hire you to um help her write her autobiography one yeah. day. Yeah, but please let me know a name for my autobiography. I actually want to know now. I yeah, we'll, have, like, we'll have like a poll and then people can like comment their suggestions. Yes, do yeah. it. Okay, we'll do that, we'll do that. So, your biggest learning. For me, I think something that my dad always tells me and something I've like noticed throughout life, I am a decently positive person about stuff but there are times when like you have to say no to stuff and um you have to like move out of a place where you might not be doing good and like um you might meet people who might not be the best um for you and stuff so I would say for me like something that I've learned throughout life is just be able to say no to things um I my dad always tells me like you should say yes to stuff. Like you should be positive about everything. But I'm always like, it's okay to say no if you have to say no. Um, like, don't say no to everything, like, even the smallest thing. But say no when you have to say no again. Like, um, 
I've been through a lot of stuff where I'm just like, oh, I'll do that. I will say yes. I'll be positive about it. And I regret it afterwards. So I'm like, oh, I wish I said no. I wish I had the courage to say no. So um, saying no is okay. Just remember that. And it takes a while to realize that. Um, and I'm, again, not saying to, like, say no to everything. Be positive about life. Um, life is beautiful. Life has a lot of, like, good things in it. But it's, yeah, again, I feel like I've said this a few times. It's fine if you say no to stuff. Yeah, that's my life learning, guys. And I think it's, like, it's okay for you to emphasize that, like, it's okay to say no. Because I personally am also struggling with that. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like every single opportunity that comes or every single thing someone asks for me, I'm always just like, yeah, I'll, like, make time. Yeah. I'll, like, fit it in. Because if I don't do it now, like, when will it ever happen? Yeah. I think it really goes in line with prioritizing yourself as well and your capabilities and your not capabilities, your capacity um, <laughs> as an individual. Yeah. Yeah, so exactly. that's a really great learning. And I'm sure a lot of people will hopefully take that with them. If you are listening to this and you've made it this far of our episode, this is your sign. <laughs> Start to say saying no. no. <laughs> Start saying I don't know no. if that's a good sign or not, but like, yeah, say no to the things you have to say no to, guys. It's fine. It's okay. Yes. But yeah. The word no exists for a reason. Oh, true. Very true, Kiana. I just thought of that now, but... That's really philosophical. Want another way to think yeah, about it. <laughs> Once again, we'd like to thank Porva for joining us Um, today's episode. Before we end, you want to just share like how you feel to be invited Chris Lalaland, final thoughts? I am so happy that I was invited again and that you guys didn't get rid of me. Um, <laughs> I hope to be in future episodes as well. Um, but yeah, if you guys enjoyed it, please like and share and subscribe. I'm a YouTuber, guys. No, I'm not. Um, <laughs> thanks, Kiana, again um, for being an amazing person, for interviewing us, um, for starting this podcast thank you also for agreeing to be featured another time here at this la la land and just like Porva said you can go ahead and follow our social media pages on facebook international students for sydney on instagram sydney.int students um and on youtube isla city sid and on spotify is la la land um we are also available on other podcast platforms like anchor and i think google podcasts so be sure to check those out share it with your friends and if you have any other suggestions for content that you guys would want to see uh, uh, future cooking show maybe by the islam masters then make sure to let us know as well before we close off we'd also just like to extend our thanks to Susanna Ng, our project manager who has made all of this possible as well as to the team behind islam drago chantachak um and the rest of the islam team um 2021 to 2022 thank you guys for your support um and yes this is the end of today's episode we hope that you guys enjoyed learned a lot from four of us stories um hopefully we made you laugh even in like the most smallest way um and we'll see you guys in our next episode don't forget to drink water stay hydrated eat your meals and to take care and stay safe always and we'll see you guys next time bye